Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's going on, Rush Nation? Welcome into the first show of the week. That's right, it's just me. No, it's not. I'm joined by Rich as Murph has started his sabbatical. Rich, how you doing, man? I'm I'm good. Yeah, it's very nice to be to be on. It's I suppose it is a bit weird. I've never been on one without Murph either, so. This is going to be a new thing for, for the two of us, I guess. Well, also for you. Well, yeah, but who knows? We might absolutely knock this out of the park and, and Murph might be in danger. That is true. That could well happen. The stranger things have happened. I would just like to mention, Rush Nation, that the FFCC Football Championship Cup that is on our website, which is fiveyardrush.co.uk, is there's only 20% of places left. So head over there and sign up because it's going to be pretty good. 256 teams knockout all the way through to week 16 best ball it's going to be a lot of fun i think i think the concept that murph came up with is pretty fun so are you involved rich have you signed up uh i haven't signed up yet i, oh, thought, I, I thought i had but then murph told me i hadn't so i need uh, it's something i need to do oh, mate, that. mate there's only 20 percent left so so get involved yeah okay but frustration yeah do it now while we're live make sure you do i'll ask you at the end <laughs> So, Rush Nation, we've got a treat for you today. Our guest is Elliot Christ, Director 
of Production and Analytics at the Quant Edge. Elliot, is that right? Yep, that's uh, that's my fancy title. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good one. It's uh, slightly better than mine. How? Uh, why don't you tell Rush Nation what the Quant Edge is? Yeah, so it's a um, so website to help give you an edge in DFS season long and betting. You know, we have gambling picks and tools. Last year, we hit sixty percent of our NFL picks, and we have picks on every single game. Sixty-seven uh, percent of our best bets. We have wide receiver, cornerback matchups, an injury tool, NFL optimizers. We have head-to-head matchups, heat maps. We'll have dynamic rankings this year, ownership for DFS. There's, we really try to have you covered in all aspects and tool side, and as well as you know, twenty-five pieces of content a week, breaking down the week's action along with a premium membership chat, so that everyone. Uh, who's a member can you know interact with the different analysts and, and each other and really kind of build a community amazing i got absolutely slammed last year in dfs so i might have to look this up and check you guys out and sign up uh, yeah, if, you do, if you decide to give us a shot i'll tell you right now there we we do have free trials there's also free content that comes out and if if you want to give us a shot for the season you can use promo code power hour for 25 dollars off oh, well there you go we will definitely do that <laughs> awesome so we have a few intro questions we ask all our guests. And the first one is, like, how did you get into football and talking about fantasy football for a living? Oh, this is an interesting journey. Um, if, if you want to know the whole story, uh, I graduated college, got a job in finance for three and a half years, maybe four years. I don't know. It was a long time. It felt like a lot more than it was. Uh, hated it. Could not stand it. Saved up a bunch of money. Quit to travel the world. Um, instead, fell in love and travel the country because it's a lot cheaper to travel the country for two. <laughs> than travel <laughs> for two. Um, and while I was trying to figure out the next step, you know, I had a savings account and all that stuff that I was kind of able to lean on. And PFF put out a, um, a part-time job and I, I applied for it and I got it. And, you know, I just decided that I was going to try to outwork everybody and, you know, putting in a hundred hour weeks. And that's not to say that a ton of people didn't work hard, but, you know, I I was able to do a lot of work for them from scouting reports to college teams to charting games to reviewing other people's work to writing content. Uh, I've always been a big DFS player and gambler. And uh, honestly, I created a social media and, and you know, built up a base with having been able to say that I worked at PFF and started to share my insights. And it kind of really took off and made a lot of connections, was able to write scouting reports for Bleach Report or NDT Scouting, uh, able to write fantasy for Power Hour who we just acquired actually and um and four for four uh among with among others and um you know eventually worked myself into a position where i had built a brand um, had helped people win some money became good at content whether it was writing or podcasts or radio appearances or what have you and you know put myself in position to apply for full-time jobs and uh i actually got found by a recruiter for this the quantedge.com with the founder who um you know, I was looking for someone with an analytical background in football, and, and that's actually how I got my first, you know, shot at this. And, you know, it's been a wild ride. I, I'm doing a lot more than just content, you know, from developing products to doing back-end on websites to doing the marketing to you know, investor meetings. There's There's been all kinds of fun stuff that has come with it too, which is awesome because I constantly get to, to grow. But, you know, that that's kind of been the, the wild ride of going from finance to football pretty interesting story i love asking people how they get into it because everybody's story is so different it's just it varies from one end of the map to the other it's crazy yeah no I mean, it really is it's it's a situation too where a lot of guys have different backgrounds and things because it's not exactly like 
no, you're fine. I'm 29 years old. It's not like I've been trying to break in this industry since I was 14 years old, right? Uh, I've, I mean, I've always been a big gambler and DFS player and been able to have success with it. So it was like a natural transition. I never thought it could become a reality, but it did. Well, if, you, if, you, if you don't chase your dreams, you never know, do you? Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, did, uh, who did you work for out of interest in finance? Because I, I come from a finance background as well. So I used to work for KPMG. I worked for Prudential. Okay. Okay. All right. Fair. It's, it's not a fond memory. I mean, Prudential is a great company and there were a lot of great people there. It just wasn't for me. Yeah, I know. It's pretty soul crushing, but it um, means you get really good at spreadsheets. So, so re- that kind of really helps. Yeah, you, you do a lot of different stuff, a lot of different background stuff. You, you say that, Rich, but when I ask you for help with my spreadsheets, it takes you ages. Uh, I think that's more of an issue with the person who's sending me the stuff. Yeah, that could be true. That's probably <laughs> true. In fact, we'll, we'll leave that there. <laughs> so, Elliot, who's, who's your NFL team? Oh, I don't like to publicly admit this, but it's the Jets. Well, there's no shame there. Yeah, I, I disagree. I think there's a lot of shame there. I think it's, <laughs> it's been a horrendously run franchise that continues to make the same mistake over and over and over again, uh, and it's pretty frustrating. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still I'm still rocking with them. Not as much as I used to. I'm kind of become much more of a player guy than a um, uh, a team guy. But no, I, I, I do root for the Jets. So who's your players then, if you're a player guy? Uh, Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson are my two favorite players. It was Peyton Manning, and then you know he retired, and those guys kind of came into the league. So those are the guys I root for. Interesting. So I'm in a, in a super flex league with Joe Pizapier at the moment. Uh, he's drafting. I think it's still in the first round. It's like a slow four-hour thing. Do you think I should take Deshaun Watson in the second round if he's still there? I took him in the Scott Fishbowl in the second round in a super flex league. I mean, I, I think he's got a real shot to be QB1. And I think Mahomes will end up as QB1 now that Hill's going to play the whole season. But... Uh, I think Watson is just fantasy gold. Well, there you go. I'm taking him. I'm going to take him second round if he's there. Let's just hope no one listens to this before he gets to my pick. <laughs> so I guess the last icebreaker question, Elliot, is what advice would you give to our listeners who want to talk about their passion, whether it be football, soccer, knitting, whatever it is they want to talk about, what advice would you give to them? If, if they want to make a career out of it, um, I think there's a couple things. You know, one be willing to prove that you're right, but don't just try to bring everyone down in the process. I see so many people hop online and just try to tell experts that they're better than them. They could do their job (laughs) and they're an idiot. It's not the right way to go about things. It sounds obvious. Uh, The other thing I I think is so key, you know, try to figure out a way to bring a unique concept to the approach. You know, think of things, be outside the box, be a little bit different. Don't be different for the sake of being different, right? Like, don't be Skip Bayless and just say LeBron sucks at basketball. That's not the kind of different I'm talking about. You know, try to try to come up with ideas that other people haven't really seen, different form of content, different school, whatever it is. And I think that's a way to get a lot of notice real quickly. Awesome. So let's talk some fantasy. How did the 2018 season go? It went well. You know, it's a, it's a situation where um, my, my biggest regret is the fact that in week 15, the NFL updated Ezekiel Elliott's uh, fumble to no fumble on Thursday instead of Wednesday, which ended up costing me $50,000. Uh, it could have been an amazing season, but it was still a good season. Ouch. That hurts. Yeah, that was not a fun day. Uh, <laughs> and it's the only time all season long that they updated stats on Thursday instead of Wednesday. So I, I really appreciate you, NFL. Um, you know, could have bought a house, but it is what it is. <laughs> so, so how many leagues did you play in last year? I think it was, it was three or four hundred. Um, and basketball, and I'll have my 12th dynasty, and then a lot of DFS action. I think I'm I'm currently about 150 in best ball right now. I'll probably end up around three to 400 again. I only 
I actually dropped to Dynasty League because it's it's a lot of work, um, and I, I just find myself getting to it last after after all the DFS and interacting with customers. I don't I don't ever want to be a bad league member. So, uh, but it's three to four hundred best ball, and then I'll have a lot going on every Sunday for DFS and sports betting. Man, that's a lot of leagues. I suppose best ball once you draft and done right, but even the time invested in just doing the drafts is a lot. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a situation. It's the slow drafts really help, and the fact that draft will just notify me when I'm on the clock. I can just click a button, see the best available players, kind of understand what my targets are, how I built my team, and make a pick in a minute or two. It's it's very helpful. So I guess having that amount of best ball does that mean that's your favorite format for set fantasy? No, DFS is far and away my favorite format. I do enjoy best ball because it's really the ebbs and flows, and it's building a portfolio. And you know, people always talk about finance and and how it can relate to sports. And I really think that best ball is a great way for it to do that. You know, you you really want to balance your portfolio, mitigate risk, understand, you can hedge certain situations. You know, you can go really heavy with Damon Williams, but also make sure you have some Darwin Thompson and Carlos Hyde teams. You don't always have to just kind of be right on certain guys to win. Um, and I really like the the best ball championship as well, where. You know, it's really like a big tournament. It, it is a big tournament. It's a GPP. It's DFS of, you know, best ball. And it's a situation where you can bring in game theory and all that stuff. So, I, I mean, I really enjoy best ball, but DFS is my go-to. Awesome. I, need to, I definitely need to get involved with the Quant Edge and play more DFS this year because, like I said, I was terrible last year. Well, we, we, uh, we're pretty confident we'll turn that around for you this year. Well, I've heard you in my ear tell me that. So, Elliot, if I don't, I know where you are. <laughs> With all those best balls, DFS and everything like that, you write a weekly primer. How, how do you get time to write it and maybe explain a little bit about what it is? Yeah, so, I mean, I write a lot of different things, but one of the pieces I, I tried to do a lot of last year is kind of my, like a top 25, kind of limit, uh, really narrow down people's player pool. What I try to do is kind of pull up a couple back, um, backup reasons for why I like a player, talk about what his projected ownership is, talk about correlation plays, stuff like that. Things that are relevant help people improve their game. So I'm not just saying, you know, play Jameis Winston, but here's the reasons why I'm playing Jameis Winston so people can try to understand my process because I think that's really important. I don't want to just tell you who to play and you go play them and then it, it is what it is. I'm more than happy to sit down and work with people on improving their process and helping them come up with their own plays, coming up with their own unique approach, but helping them really think things through. I've done that with a lot of people as well. So uh, honestly, I don't, I don't know how I get the time, you know, yesterday started at 7 a.m and ended at midnight today started at 7 a.m and will end at midnight um it's uh you know a huge shout out to my girlfriend who sacrifices a lot during football season but you know it's one of those situations where a lot of times it doesn't feel like work because I'm, I'm just really enjoying it and you can't ask for anything more than work right if you enjoy it that's like 50 of the battle right there absolutely so fantasy football strategy elliot do you have anything specifically for the season do you go in with a strategy for the season or does it depend on what you're playing? Uh, no, every, everything depends on what I'm playing. Like, I, I'm i big in terms of, like, if we're going to talk about, like, best ball or something like that, I'm not just team zero RB or team zero wide receiver or whatever everyone else is. I, I really kind of let each individual draft come to me and try to play my opponents, almost like a poker game, uh, more so than just the ADP and, and a certain strategy. I, I'm always willing to adjust and, I'm I'm huge into game theory, ownership projections, and trying to find you know the diamonds in the rough in DFS. Yeah, I suppose being water, it's like you're constantly able to move in different directions depending on what's presented to you by the draft board, right? Rather than sticking with a plan. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I, I really believe in you know cost evaluation and understanding how to try to counteract what your opponents are doing. Cool. 
So do you, is there anything that happens in pre-season that massively affects what you look at going into a draft or during a draft if something happens? Uh, I mean, injuries will certainly impact a lot, right? I mean, that's probably not what you were asking. Um, <laughs> I think that, you know, if someone really kind of changes his role and can knock someone else off, like where he is on the depth chart, that absolutely plays a role. I think those steady drum beats of, you know, a lot of things happening throughout the course of the offseason, like a Curtis Samuel, for example, this year, you know, you're just constantly hearing he's the best guy in camp that was in mini camp and now training camp. And now every day it's like, there's a new reporter just saying how amazing Curtis Samuel is. That matters a lot more to me than the one video uh, gif or whatever that goes viral on Twitter. And now everyone says, look, I told you this player is going to have a great season. That doesn't mean that much to me. And, you know, even preseason, you want to get a little careful because sometimes it's, you know, it's one quarter. Guy having a couple of big plays in one quarter feels like a lot more than if he has a couple of big plays in one game and then kind of, kind of go silent. So I try not to over adjust the preseason too much, but I really want to pay close attention to the, the ebbs and flows of ADP and making sure I'm getting guys at, at, the, at the right value. Sure. I guess one of the big preseason stories of the last couple of days is Donta Foreman being cut by the Texans. Do you think Lamar Miller now just gets everything? Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's competing with undrafted free agents, right? It's a situation where he's the boring RB2 that should play 70% of snaps on an elite offense and goes in the seventh round. Uh, there's a real chance they add someone, whether it's a Duke Johnson or LaShawn McCoy or Giovanni Bernard. or I don't think it'll be Melvin Gordon or Zeke, uh, as I see people on Twitter get excited about. But, you know, Lamar Miller just is boring every year, but every year he puts up decent numbers because he's in a big-time offense. And you can't really ask for much more out of out of his draft spot. Exactly. He's pretty safe where he's going, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I've, I really liked um, I really liked him um, earlier in draft season. And now, now with this news, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to pick him up as much as I hoped because I think just a lot of people seem to be aware now that he's got this massive workload and now Foreman's not there as well. Everyone just seems to be jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. It's, Foreman was coming off an Achilles. It's kind of crazy how he got cut, right? Because we went from two weeks earlier how impressive he was and people thought they got his explosion back two weeks later and he's off the team. <laughs> it can just show you how little coach speak can mean. I mean, guys will talk up players. We've heard all offseason about how great Ronald Jones looks and how he's going to be the man and da-da-da. And then a week in a camp, they're like, he's running behind Peyton Barber. Like, how great are you looking if you're running behind Peyton Barber? <laughs> you know, I... um. Foreman, I don't has don't think he has any value on the Colts. I mean, if, if you were holding on to him in Dynasty, I know he's a late round one or early round two for some people. People were really high on him. You know, he's he's going to be fighting for his NFL life now. Yeah, especially as they still have Spencer Ware as well. Exactly, Spencer Ware is uh, you know they have Spencer Ware. They have Jordan Wilkins. They have uh, Hines, who's going to lock down that pass catching role, and Marlon Mack, who's clearly the RB one there. I mean, there's I don't think it's a lock that he makes the team. Well, maybe it's just a camp piece for now, right? And one thing someone else pointed out to me is, too, like he's coming off the Texans, right? And the Colts' biggest rival in that division right now is the Texans. So if they can get him in and learn something about the Texans, that's another way that they can get value from him. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a good point, actually. I haven't thought about it. I mean, I think that used to actually happen in just a – I mean, I'm not sure if uh, if everyone will appreciate it, but like, I think that's what used to happen when um, – when Arsene Wenger became the manager of Arsenal, people used to bring in ex-Arsenal players to learn about more about their training methods. That's in soccer, 
obviously. But yeah, but it's the same. It's the same exact. It's, just, it's the same idea, right? It's like just bring someone into the building who understands something about something and see what you can glean from them. Hundred percent. The Patriots do it as well, didn't they? They brought in that Steelers chap last year. I can't remember his name. Either last year or the year before, going into the playoffs because Harrison. Know, Harrison, yeah, they bought. You know, he knew about the Steelers, and they might have played each other. But so, let's, do you have like three top tips to keep off, keep throughout the season to help people going into the playoffs, Elliot? Three top tips for. Give me a format here. Uh, let's just say redraft. Redraft. Uh, I think waiver wires are incredibly important. Um, I think constantly trying to buy low and sell high on guys are incredibly important. Take advantage of your league mates. You know, especially if you're in leagues where you know who your league mates are, you should at this point have a sense of who they are as owners. Are they guys that get frustrated by a bad game? Are they guys who, you know, see DK Metcalf go for two catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns and lose their mind that he's definitely going to be Julio Jones and you can sell him high? I think that those are a couple of really big things. And um, the other thing is, you know, I think sometimes people get, you know, pl- play to your strengths with lineup building. You know, if you're a guy, if you're a DFS player and you want to stream, that's that can be very helpful. But I, I really think you want to, you know, I think a, a missing skill for a lot of people is the ability to accurately assess your team. Understand if you're the favorite or if you're the underdog. It's okay if your fantasy team isn't as good as someone else's. You know, everyone wants to think their team is the best at all times, but be able to adjust to that. If you're the favorite, play play your guys. If you're the underdog, be willing to take some chances and mix things things up on some high ceiling players. I think those are a couple of things that could really help some people out. I think that's really key. so, especially that last one. I mean, if you're if you know you're you know in projections, you're projected to be losing by some margin, then you may as well go for those boom bust players because if if it looks like the most likely outcome is you're going to lose, then just swing for the fence, I guess, and just see see if you can hit something. Hundred percent. That's exactly it. So. The Quant Edge is is pretty successful in insights and stuff. Do you have any key metrics you tend to focus on based on your experience so far? Oh yeah, I mean it's it really goes on a position by position basis. But I mean I think one of the, we we talk about running backs so much in fantasy because they're so important. But I think you really want to focus on snaps and weighted opportunity. The weighted opportunity is just balancing out carries and targets based on the the scoring setting. You know in in Volume is really the key in fantasy, and if guys are playing limited snaps, it's it's tough to to get the volume. Understanding game script, understanding how to um, like who's correlated with who, making sure that you know if you think one team's scoring thirty points and the game's going over, you have some guys on the other team. There's, there, I mean, there's there's really endless amounts of of nuggets I could give you in terms of the secret sauce for the model. I, I can't I can't divulge that, but. Um, <laughs> I will say that, you know, if you look at our head-to-head tool and all those different statistics, those are things we've, we've really studied to understand their impact, and that's why we've chose them to, to present on different players. I guess talking running backs and this, the big news at the moment is Zeke and Melvin Gordon's holdouts and will they not play and will they not? Will they turn up or will they play at all? And When will they come back if they do come back? Do you have any thoughts on that? I mean, I can't see Zeke holding out at all. I'm not sure on Melvin Gordon, but do you have any thoughts on those guys? Yeah, I mean, Zeke's big day was today, and he, he's still out. You know, his representative said he won't play in 2019 without a new contract. Um, you know, today was a big day. If, if you were a Zeke owner, you, you'd probably get a little nervous after today. Still think we have about two weeks before you got to really panic. Um, with Melvin Gordon, you know, they have a 10-year 
uh, $10 million per year contract on the table. We'll, we'll see if he signs. To me, that's a really good value for him. He, he wants 12. You know, I really think that that's not such a big gap that they won't get something done. Um, I think right now it's a lot of posturing with Jerry Jones and Zeke where it's just kind of public negotiation one-on-one. I do think both guys get on the field this year for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping so. We, uh, in the, we drafted in the Raz Bowl recently and we started with Zeke in the first. Um, then we took Gurley in the second and Melvin Gordon in the third and thought, you know what, we're just going to swing for the fence here. And, and that's our first or last team right there, right, Ricky Bobby? You know, you're, 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 you want to go fast and if those guys play, you're going to be really tough to beat. And if they don't, well, you, know, <laughs> you honestly, you really just need two of the three to play like they did last year and you're going to be in amazing shape. Exactly that. If they all turn up, we'll be... We'll, will be pretty much unstoppable, we like to think. But And it was one of those things where they thought, just, we'll go for it. I mean, there's not many leagues where you can... We just thought, if, if, this, hit, if this hits, then we're going to win the game. And, and if it doesn't, it was a risk worth taking sort of thing. So it was calculated, but I, quite, I like to think that everyone's going to turn up and play because they're my team. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So consistency rankings. How far back do you think people should look when it comes to... Trying to find trends and stuff like that. Oh, on individual players, I think um, you know, two years. I think two years is a is a good sample size. Once we go beyond two years, it starts to get a little murky. But there's a lot of situations that change. I mean, even a year. I mean, in general, once we're in season, I'm really looking at the last four games because I think that those are the biggest trends. Um, but if you're you're talking about season long projections, I think the last two years are definitely going to be the most relevant. Sure. I guess I suppose at the moment as well, with the game changing so much towards throwing, it's slightly skewed as well. Right. Like when people talk about some coach like the RB1s in 2008, okay, it's 2019, the entire game is different. Everyone was, you know, no one was in shotgun there. Like I, I think sometimes we get a little caught up with the, the past data and sometimes it really doesn't hold any value. Sure. So 2019 rookies, Elliot. Obviously, people have probably done their rookie drafts in Dynasty by now, but if they haven't, what should they be looking at when deciding who to pick, stats-wise and stuff like that? Uh, stats-wise, in terms of running backs, what I'm really looking for is opportunity. You know, I, it's, it's, you know, it goes back to what's most predictive of running back success. It's weighted opportunity and it's snaps. So do they have a clear path to snaps, and are they going to be involved in the pass game? So a guy like Josh Jacobs has a, really no competition for snaps other than himself. And he's going to be highly involved in the pass game. I think David Montgomery is going to be going to get that Jordan Howard role, probably 250 touches, and he'll get somewhat involved in the pass game. Like Miles Sanders is a great talent. He's the best back in Philadelphia. But there's a lot of questions about whether or not Peterson will ever go away from his running back by committee approach, which he said he won't. And so if his snaps are in the 40 to 50% range, it's going to be tough for him to produce against a Josh Jacobs who might play 75% snaps. Um with receivers, it, it kind of goes back to opportunity as well. Uh, what kind of volume are they going to have in the offense? What kind of role? How many available targets are there? What kind of competition? And sometimes it's nice for a receiver too. To and one thing I love is if, if uh, I can get a rookie receiver starting in the slot, because one of the biggest things that rookie wide receivers struggle with is getting off the line of scrimmage, getting stuck in press. There's not a ton of press quarters in college, and you get to the NFL, and these press guys are are really good. So you give them a clean release. I think that really helps rookie wide receivers. And rookie quarterbacks, man, uh, can you run? Because if you can run, you have a nice floor. So I'm all over Kyler Murray. 
you know, that air raid offense, they're going to run 75 plays a game. He's going to scramble. His Vegas prop total is 445. So I think he's in a really good position to be a very good rookie quarterback fantasy-wise, even if he's not necessarily even a good rookie NFL quarterback. Sure. And do you think the combine matters at all for them or college stats when picking them in Dynasty? Yeah. No, I certainly think, listen, it's always an advantage to being a, a great athlete. You know, one of the things that I, I really focus on when I'm looking at the combine stats is not double counting things, right? So if I grade John Ross two years ago as a burner and then he runs a 419 or 421, whichever it was, <laughs> I'm not moving him up. Like on film, he was really fast, right? If, if a guy plays and, you know, is a super athlete, then tests as a super athlete, I don't like Barkley. I'm not moving up the board for that. I really kind of want to compare and contrast what they see on film. Some guys are more athletic uh, on the field. Some guys are less athletic on the field and understand all of it. But I certainly think it has its place. And the better athlete you are, you know, I think the higher your ceiling is ultimately. So that's pretty good news for any Noah fan owners, right? Yeah. No, I mean, Noah, Noah fan has, uh, <laughs> is an elite athlete. So is TJ Hawkinson. That's uh, true. I'm just a Denver fan. So I'm always going to take fan over Hawkinson. There you go. No bias there, right? I no, none whatsoever. So predictions, you make quite a few of them, I guess. What's the greatest one you've ever shared in an article or on a podcast and you think is, is your greatest ever? Ooh. So there, I'm going to give you two, and they're both college ones. Um, Lamar Jackson went down to Houston, and they were 14-point favorites. And I would not shut up that Houston was going to blow them out. Um, I think Houston was seven or eight to one to win the game and i had 500 bucks on it and a thousand on the spread i was all over them and i was telling all of twitter uh twitter didn't really like that um but then they won by like 30 and then the other one was iowa i liked iowa over ohio state two years ago i think it was now and they were 19 or 20 point underdogs and they won outright as well paying out like 15 to one so those are a couple ones that i have talked about publicly given given away that hit as uh, real long shots Nice. And do you have anything that you think might be a prediction this season in the NFL that you're sneaky on? Ooh, um, yeah, I think Matt Ryan's got a good chance to win MVP. I, at, and I like his odds at 26 to 1. I like Kyler Murray to win Rookie of the Year. I don't really think there's any competition right now. He's 2 to 1. I got him at plus 250, but he's 2 to 1, and I really think he should be closer to minus 200. Let's see. I like Baker to lead the league in uh, passing yards with Todd Munkin and the number of vertical shots they're going to take. I think Cam Newton and Carson Wentz, right now you can bet them as comeback player of the years at 14-1, uh, to 8-1. to one. I really think they're just competing with each other. It's a, it's a quarterback award. Uh, I mean, Jimmy G's there, but you know Wentz and Newton are much better players than Cam and then Jimmy G and are set up to succeed better, in my opinion, this season. So I think those guys have real value. Um, so those are a couple of long shot future bets I like. Nice. So it's almost back both the quarterbacks in the comeback player of the year and you're on to gold, right? Yeah, I think there's been four in the last decade that haven't been um, a quarterback. And uh, one was Gronk. You know, honestly, A.J. Green is listed like fifth in comeback player of the year and he's not going to play half the season. <laughs> they just don't adjust some of those lines and there's a lot of opportunities to take advantage. I mean, if you want like a minus 110 bet, Carson Wentz is minus 110 to go over uh, 3,900 yards. You know, if he doesn't get hurt, he needs to average like 240 yards a game. It's, I, I really see no way he doesn't get that if he plays 16 games. And honestly, he could play 14 and get it in today's NFL. 
Excellent news. I need to, uh, when editing this podcast, I need to make sure I write all those down and get on board. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So I guess, can you share some other research tips that will help our listeners win their leagues next year? When they, you know, where can they get apart from the quant edge? Is there anywhere else you really value when getting your, doing your research? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of really talented people. I think Twitter is an incredibly valuable um, engine. You know, you got to sort through the noise, but, you know, following guys like Scott Barrett, Evan Silva, Rich Rebar, those guys put out nuggets quite frequently. Graham Barfield's another one. Um, you know, I, I think asking people questions, but also developing your own process. I really think that's a, that's a big key is, is finding ways to develop your own process. And, you know, in, in terms of tools, I, the thing I'm really proud about at the Quant Edge is what we tried to do was really simplify tools. You know, there's a lot of powerful math behind a lot of these numbers, but we try to really simplify it. So even if you're just a beginner, you can play around and really understand the tools and gain an edge. So you know, I think Twitter, reading people's work like Evan Silva and Scott Barrett and Rich Rebar and Graham Barfield and, I mean, Pat Thorpe, the list goes on and on. Sure. Plenty of guys TQE as well. I was just trying to think of a few that aren't there. Um, and honestly, I think TQE's tools really help improve people as fantasy players. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Rich, you still there? I am still here. Yeah, I'm, I, I've actually just really enjoyed just listening to you two chat. It's weird as it sounds. Um, well, I appreciate it, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot. I mean, we really appreciate your time, and you sound very busy working seven till midnight. So why don't you why don't why don't you let Rush Nation know where they can find all your work and what what the web address for the Quant Edge is and where you are on Twitter and just shout yourself out. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm not trying to do, be one of those guys out there. That's just like, look at how hard I'm working. I honestly, I opened up to Twitter that I will come on anyone's podcast, and that's how I got this opportunity. And I really appreciate you guys. It's uh, it's just a situation where, for some reason, uh, everyone records their podcast on the same day. So I do 13 in three days, and then I don't do any for four. <laughs> um, but you know, you can follow my work on Twitter at Elliot Chris one L one T no H and Chris. You can find me at all my works on the quantedge.com. Like I mentioned before, you can get $25 off your season pass with promo code power hour, which is one word. Um, I'm super interactive on Twitter. If you, if you want to follow me, ask me any questions, I'm always happy to, to communicate with you. Um, and you know, I really appreciate the opportunity you guys gave me to come on and talk with you guys. Oh man, listen, the pleasure is all ours. It's interesting to hear your takes and, and how you got into the industry and, and stuff like that. So I've, I've massively enjoyed talking to you and obviously Rich has enjoyed listening. So yeah, I've enjoyed, really enjoyed listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, it means a lot. Thank you guys. Oh, well man, if you ever want to come back on, just hit us up on Twitter and uh, we'll gladly have you back in the hot seat. Absolutely. Just reach out and I'll, I'll be on. So uh, I'm happy to come back on. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Elliot. This has been an absolute pleasure. Rich, I will see you later in the week, mate. You and I, are you're filling in for Murph again as he's on sabbatical. But Rush Nation, as I mentioned earlier, head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk. Join on to the FFCC. There's only 20% of places left. Follow us on Twitter at fiveyardrush. But until next time, don't forget, keep rushing. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.